Hey guys, what's up? It's Kate Lumpkin. Uh, it's five o'clock on Monday, which is a very weird time for me to be doing office hours, but uh, I couldn't do it last night because I was in a reading of a new play that I've been working on. Um, so we're here and it's Monday at five and I may or may not have anyone join me, um, but I, I hope we do. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, share this on my other page. And while I'm doing that, if you have any questions for me, uh, please feel free to start putting them in the uh, in the comments or if you're here and you just want to say hey and let me know that you're here I would love to know that you're uh, that you're with me right now. That would be so great um, So as you know as I'm sharing this, I'm just gonna share to a page real fast um, So as you guys know I do uh, office hours every week hold on um, post yeah, so I do office hours every week. Uh, office hours is a uh, time when I take any of your industry questions that you might have, big, small, something that you think is silly or stupid. This is a totally safe space uh, because I am a firm believer that there is no such thing as a stupid question and that this industry is always changing and always growing. And so we should be in this together and try to help each other out. Um, so I'm here, I am a free resource. I am by no means the end all and be all with all of the answers. So if something I'm saying does not resonate with you and then turn me off, change the channel, keep scrolling, do what you need to do. Um, but if there is something that I am saying that does resonate with you, feel free to engage in the conversation and uh, ask me some questions, anything that you might have. Uh, it's, it's great to start cultivating a community of questions and curiosity. So I am here, I am willing to answer anything that I can and if I don't have the answer, I'll get on the phone and text somebody who might have the answer, right? Like we're all in this together, let's, let's share the wealth and be better people. Um, so those of you who, um, oh hi friends, hi, I'm so glad uh, that you guys are here and joining me. Um, those of you who are frequent watchers of Office Hours, I like to start the hour by kind of talking about something that's Either happened to me recently or happened to a client recently um, to kind of start engaging in uh, conversation and I wanted to be a little bit vulnerable today and kind of talk about something that happened to me this morning and my rock star husband who is just the most tremendous human being and is my ultimate guru kind of got me through it so I've been working on this project for over a year now um, a personal project a project that's really something that um, means a lot to me something that I've been working on on for a long time. I've really tried to engage members of our community. I'm trying to gather all of this knowledge and I had a full-fledged breakdown this morning at my staff meeting where I was like, <gasps> I can't do it. It's not gonna work the way I thought it was gonna work. Ah, what have I been doing for a year? Um, and my heart was racing and I was like, what have I done? What have I done? Um, and then I like shut down and I was like, oh God, I've been working so hard on this thing and it's just not going to happen the way that I think it's supposed to happen. Why, why every time I sit down at my computer to start writing for this project does my whole body reject the thing? Why can't I just write right now? Um, and I, no matter how many deadlines we create, how many times I sit down to put stuff on a calendar and make sure that I was like doing the thing, I never wanted to do it. And now for anyone who knows me at all, when I have an idea about something that I want to do, it 
I just do it. <laughs> like there's no stopping me. There's no, anyone's going to tell me no, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And this project, I just was not finding a way to make it happen. I had built out the whole rubric of what this thing was going to be, every bullet point, every detail. But when it came to fleshing out things, it just wasn't happening. So I got so frustrated. I was having like a panic attack about how have I been acquiring all of this knowledge, all of this stuff for a year. And now I'm just going to like let it go? Like, how, how is this real life? My husband, who is an incredible, incredible man, sat me down on my couch after my staff like left and we, we did a thing. And he was like, sweetie, I think it's time to zag. And I posted this on Facebook earlier. He's right. When you have spent the time to acquire a lot of knowledge and you feel like you cannot get to the heart of a very saturated experience, it's time then to zag and find another way to use the same knowledge that you've acquired, but apply it to something else. Apply it to a less saturated market. Apply it to something that doesn't expect that it's coming. Because if you're sending all of your knowledge and you're sending all of the stuff exactly to the market that expects it's coming, they don't care. They don't care because they know it's coming. And so this is something that I um, am... I was so like, I was sitting on my couch and when he said it's time to zag, I was like, you're so right. The people that I admire, the game changers that I admire, the people who are making the art that we care about, the thing that they do better than anybody else is they don't send the same old shit to the same market that's expecting it. They fucking zag. They take the stuff that they know will work in one market and ask somebody else to try. And that is when it hits and that's when it makes sense. And so I'm going to take all of this experience and this knowledge that I've been grabbing at and, and asking for and putting into silos and organizing into a structure and a rubric. And instead of sending it to the exact people who I think know it's coming, I'm going to apply it to something that it doesn't make sense for. And then it's going to make sense. And so I just wanted to kind of talk to you guys about this because A, it's just a sheer moment of vulnerability. Sometimes you work on something forever and you're like, somebody's gonna do it different or better or smarter or cuter or faster or hotter or more perfect and I'm just never, ever, ever gonna make it happen. Um, and that full-fledged 100% happened to me this morning. Also, my hands are bright blue because of my jeans. That's attractive. Um, but also, yes. Someone is going to do it better and hotter and faster and cuter and nicer and more interesting and more neon and all the things, but they might not be doing it in this other experience, in this other world, in this other life. So how can you take what you have that makes you you, that is your knowledge, your most incredible things and apply it to something else that doesn't see it coming? That is when you get to the heart of saturation because every market is super saturated right now. And if you put all of your interests and eggs into one market that expects that you're coming, they're not even gonna know to look. But if you go to something where they have no clue it's gonna happen, that's when fireworks happen. So that was my morning this morning, from full panic attack to full like new game plan, let's do it, 10 minutes, we got this, we're gonna 
change our minds, change our hearts, make new things happen. You can do that every day. You can literally do that every day. So I hope that you have someone in your life who encourages you to zag. Um, and if you don't have someone in your life right now who's encouraging you to zag, you should absolutely be that someone for someone else because I guarantee you we all get stuck in the heart of the zig way too much. Way too much. So that is my moment today. I think I might have been getting some questions. I also had some um, questions before we started. So I uh, just wanna make sure that I get to your questions. Ooh, I don't wanna hear myself singing. Gross. Or singing. I'm <laughs> not singing, I'm just talking. Um, all right, so I got a question from, hey Januzzi! Hey, I'm so glad you're watching this today. I hope you're having fun. I think you're in Texas shooting an industrial, so. Cool, it's good to see you. Um, so this is, hey, for some of us EMC folk, big news the other day, big news! Big news the other day, exciting news. Um, if you have 25 equity weeks, you are eligible to join Actors' Equity now. Any thoughts and advice for current EMCers? Okay, yes. <laughs> um, and also, no. First and foremost, your career and your life is your journey 100%. So everybody across the spectrum is giving all sorts of different advice about what to do, whether to join, whether to hold off, blah, all the things. Only you can know what you really need and want to do with your life. So first and foremost, I'm gonna say you need to feel it in your, in your heart, you need to talk to your team, you need to talk to your team that's not getting paid, and you need to talk to your team that is getting paid, and you need to figure out what's best for you. Now of course, there are benefits towards being a member of a union, right? That is why unions exist. They are there to support you. And I am a very proud member of Actors' Equity. I worked very hard for my card. I enjoyed some moments of working hard for my card. I hated some moments of working hard for my card, but I still to this day, even though I have zero desire to be an actor, carry that card in my wallet because it means something to me. And I pay my dues every six months and I love it. Um, so I am a very proud equity member. Equity? Equity. I'm a very proud equity member. Um, and, I, and I really respect the union and I, I really respect all of the benefits and things that um, come from being a, 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 an equity member. I cannot speak today. Um, however, we also are alive in a time where there is a lot of really, really, really amazing and quality non-equity work happening. And of course, there is a, you know, the reality that when you take your card, you are closing a door on a lot of potential opportunities and, you know, a chapter of your life. Um, and I will say there are a lot of really, really, really wonderful jobs out there for non-equity members. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's not true because it is. Um, there are a lot of really great learning experiences and there are a lot of people who still have a lot to learn. Um, there are, you know, a, a lot of opportunities and a lot of theaters and companies that do non-ec work that do take care of their actors, respect their actors, pay their actors the best that they can. Um, and so I am not here to tell you like, never, ever, ever take a non-equity job again um, because there are really wonderful companies. I work with, with companies that do really quality non-equity work. Um, so my only true, you know, kind of thought about that is if you're just out of college, if you're, you know, young, look, if someone offers you a Broadway contract, you would be a fool not to take it, right? Take your card, do your card. If there's a theater that you have always wanted to work at that is offering you a contract and you're going to get your card and, and, you know, um, or in this case, sorry, forgive me. We're talking about a different thing. Um, 
if you if you think that the opportunity to get to work somewhere is only going to happen if you have your card then maybe it is time for you to do that thing however if you think that just by getting to the front of the line um, or being able to be seen at an appointment that is fundamentally going to change the rest of your career um, i think that is a little bit naive there is a lot more that goes into it and once you join the union. I was reading on Facebook when this all happened. Someone said something like one of their professors said, if you think you're ready to compete with Christian Borel, then it's uh, then you should join the union because at some point you are in the same uh, you're in the same mix at that point. And I think that's like a little dramatic, but at the same time, you know, it's more than just uh, the ability to stand in a line and be seen. Now, of course, hopefully that is the reality, right? You get to get the appointment, you do get to get seen, and, and there are more um, more opportunities for you in, in that world. However, it, it there is a lot more expected of you. Uh, there's, you know, this, they're just, there's so much. So it really is a, it's a, it's a big step. It's a big move in your career. And there are a lot of kind of expectations and differences that come with being in the union. And there are lots of opportunities uh, for people who are not in the union. Um, so I know that's, I'm not trying to be wishy-washy. The reality is I work on both sides of that coin. Um, I have been an actor on both sides of that coin. I have um, helped get people contracts on both sides of that coin. So I do see the good and, and the difficult on both. Um, and I think everybody's story is so different and everybody is at such different places in their career that if this is a question that you specifically have, if you're someone watching and you really have this question, feel free to reach out to me and we can kind of talk through your journey and, and figure out maybe what's best for you. However, I think the blank idea that just because you're eligible for it you should join I don't think that's wise I think you really need to assess where you are what's on your resume where you've worked what you look like on paper what you what your experience is like in real life all of these things really 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 matter and it's not just about having the card so you can get the appointment and get in line it's about what happens when you do walk through that door are you matching where you need to be in your career at that point so that's kind of how I feel about that. Uh, let me know if that was helpful, Januzzi. Um, I'm here if you have any follow-up questions or if anybody else has any follow-up questions about this. Okay, I got another question. Um, hey, gal. Hey. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about sexual harassment in the entertainment industry. Also, a few actor friends have experienced the infamous casting couch. Any advice on how actors can respectably handle being appropriately harassed by casting directors, directors, and producers, etc.? Well, first and foremost, um, I don't... I don't know what it means to be appropriately harassed. Uh, I don't think harassment is ever appropriate, and I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, this is like a super, super hot button for me. Um, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, so uh, my advice, in terms of this language, being appropriately harassed, um, I just... <sighs> I mean, it it, break, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And and as someone who has also uh, experienced that, um, experienced not just in our industry but in life, being someone who uh, has experienced inappropriate behavior by someone in a position of power, um, I think 
the only advice I can give without understanding exactly what the situation is or where someone is or who they're working with, because of, of course, all of those things uh, matter, um, is to, if something happens, to make sure you do say something um, and to protect yourself in the way that feels right to you because everybody has their own journey and their own experience of a life and their own experience um, in how they want to handle and deal with things. I do think, of course, you need to be smart about uh, where you go to audition. Um, if, if we're talking specifically about auditioning, right? Um, if you're not going to a standard like Ripley or Pearl or Chelsea or wherever you're going, um, if you think that you're going someplace that doesn't feel right or comfortable, do not go there. I mean, we live in a world of self-tapes, so if you see an address that does not feel right to you, ask if you can tape instead. Protect yourself. Make sure you feel super confident. If you don't know, ask somebody else, right? Ask, ask if someone's been to a place, check in, make sure everything feels legitimate. Um, do research on the person that's asking you for this appointment. You know, there are times when I send appointments to people and I know they don't know who I am. Um, you know, I'm, I am not the single most established person in this industry. So I make myself as visible as possible on the internet. If you Google me, you can see my whole casting resume. You can see who I've worked with. That's on purpose. It's so that if I send an appointment to someone and they don't know who I am, they can look me up and see, ah, she seems pretty legitimate. You know what I mean? Like she's a real human. You should be doing that. Do not put yourself in a situation where you feel uncomfortable before you even get in the room. Now, once you're in a room, you also have the right to leave that room. If you feel uncomfortable, if you feel like somebody is saying something to you that is inappropriate and it makes you uncomfortable, you have the right to leave a space. And I know that, that that's hard. That is, it's hard when opportunities are, are scarce, are rare, and you feel like you need to um, be present in order to get what you want. Um, and again, like I've said, everybody handles this world and deals with this world in their own way and their own truth. So I'm not here to tell anybody how to deal with a situation that makes them uncomfortable. But I do encourage you to know what you stand for and to know what makes you feel good and what makes you feel not good. And if you are in a situation where you feel not good or not safe or like someone is saying something to you that is inappropriate, you as a human being in this world have every right to say, I do not feel comfortable, that makes me feel uncomfortable, that's inappropriate, and I think that I need to leave this audition now. I'm not here to tell you that's not gonna affect your career at some point, it very well might. Again, it depends on who's in the space. I'm not here to tell you that um, you're gonna feel great when you leave that space. None of those things. And again, every moment is specific, but we do live in a world now where people are talking about things, where people are trying to make active changes, where people are reporting things and things are actually getting done about it. So if you find yourself in an uncomfortable situation, please feel free and, and open to standing up for yourself and making sure you feel good. Now, again, I like to say this every time, if something I'm saying doesn't sit well with you or doesn't agree with you, you have every right to not listen to me. But this is kind of how I feel about, uh, you know, my experience of a life in this world, having dealt with 
situations where people in positions of power have made me feel uncomfortable. You have to do you in those situations. And if that means that you're the, you want to you want to stay and you want to figure it out, okay, that is that is that is your journey. But if you feel the need to get out of the space, get out of the space. I guarantee you there will be other opportunities for success and happiness in this life. One audition is not the end of your career or your life. You need to protect yourself, your heart, your mind, and your body to the best of your abilities. That is the best advice I can give on that, um, especially without very specific connotations of a moment of a life. Um, I hope that was helpful. Again, um, you know, no harassment is ever appropriate, even if it is in jest. If it makes you feel bad or uncomfortable, you have the freedom to walk away, even if you think it's going to hurt you in the long run. I guarantee you there are other options for a life and other options in this life. Okay, so let me know if that was helpful or if you have any other questions. Um, all right, I have another question here. Hey, Kate. Hey, Chad. Hi. How are you? Um, after I left tour and moved to the city, Welcome to the city. Welcome back. Um, I've been trying to find ways to network and meet new people in the city that don't feel so opportunistic, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, any recommendations of events or organizations that are hosting events that you think are beneficial networking opportunities? Thanks. Yes. Yes. Now, I'm not saying this because I happen to be involved with it. I'm saying it because I have been involved with it and I've seen it work. So there is this event that wonderful, a wonderful actor, Ben Edelman, had excuse me, I'm drinking this LaCroix and it's making me a little burpy. Um, ben Edelman, who is a tremendous actor, he uh, has put together this thing called The Common Ground, which I've been a part of the last two times it's happened. I can't do it again this time. I think it's on October 30th. If you look in Facebook for The Common Ground, um, it is kind of a social networking speed dating event. It is not opportunistic in the way that you think. Um, it is a curated awesome group of uh, all sorts of professionals from the industry actors and writers and directors and composers and uh, just all sorts of people and you're gonna meet about 60 people in one night there's wine and food and it's just really chill it's really 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 great um, there have been people who have met at the common ground who have already started creating art together and who are forming like really beautiful like writing partnerships and relationships um, it's really 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 awesome I also happen to work with a really great organization called the Musical Theater Factory, which is all about creating family and home for creativity and open, um, an open forum for uh, all sorts of different voices to finally be heard loud and clear in our industry. So if you're looking to kind of find an artistic family, I highly recommend looking into um, uh, trying to become a member of the Musical Theater Factory, which you can do through volunteering and through showing up and being helpful and, and also auditioning for, um, or not auditioning for, but becoming a kind of a part of the, uh, the family itself, the creative family. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. And there are lots of organizations like that. I also highly recommend, I talk about them a lot, um, the Artist Co-op, which is a wonderful, wonderful place if you don't know about it, is on 52nd and 10th Ave. Um, it was founded by Rachel Berger, who is an incredible human being. It is a really great spot. There are rehearsal studios there. There's also um, lots of, it's like a WeWorks for performing artists. So if you're looking for a space, I have met incredible human beings there. I have found directors who I I'm now casting their projects and teaching classes with them and working with them just by going and like bringing my laptop and working. Talk about not even like 
schmoozy or gross. It's just like going to do the work you're already going to do at home, but you get to do it in Midtown. So you can also like make it to your audition and wash your face and do all the things that you need to do. Um, but you can do it in a space. And this is something that, you know, we've seen in lots of other industries, this kind of communal workspace. Well, now we have it and it's called the artist co-op and it's really, really, really fantastic. But I highly recommend if you're going to join the artist co-op, you got to go and you've got to talk to other people. They're there, they're working, there are photographers there and writers and composers and actors. And so go, take your laptop and go talk to other people. I also really recommend trying to put together basically your own kind of support group, I guess more of an accountability group. Um, and the, the best way I think to do that is, and try to meet other people is to find one other person and ask that person to pick somebody else, ask that person to pick the next person and ask them to um, try to find someone who's really different from themselves, does something different in the industry. I'm a part of a really wonderful, wonderful um, accountability group that we have called Connect that was created by Joel B. New, who's amazing. And we get together and there are, you know, producers and casting directors, writers, all sorts of cool people in this group. And we get together and we just kind of like check in and say, how can we be helpers to each other? I didn't know. I think I knew two people in this group before we started. Now I know all these fun, cool people and uh, we help each other the best we can. We, we're open ears. We're supportive. Everybody gets a, you know, a time to talk in this, this space. And uh, it's really, really, really helpful. And you can do that it's totally free you can start that it's not schmoozy it's not you know opportunistic it's just like people getting together meeting each other creating relationships over time and learning how to support each other um, you can also do this kind of like with groups of peers um, trying to help each other with auditions right like once a week rent a studio at a place rent a studio at Pearl have a friend play the piano and like practice auditioning in front of each other bring other people from the industry in that are your friends that are like your age and and try to start you know getting other people's opinions I think the more you can cultivate your own stuff um, in terms of creating networks and it feels like it's coming from you, the less it's going to feel schmoozy and opportunistic and gross. And also the cheaper it's probably going to be. Um, the less you can pay for, uh, for meeting people, the better, right? Like that's, that's awesome. Um, so those are just a few ideas that I have. Common Ground, Artist Co-op, uh, MTF. Of course, these are all coming from my my experience of a life. These are organizations that I've worked with and seen work. I'm sure there are lots of other really, really, really cool things that are happening right now. If you know about something and you're watching this, please feel free to put them in the comments. Um, we are all excited to know. So please feel free to let us know. Um, but yeah, also you are in charge of your own fate. If you wanna meet new people, ask other people to help connect you to others. And then really engage, right? Like really show up and do the work and meet as often as you can once a month and really connect and, and try to make things happen for yourself. Um, the more I started doing that, the more I realized I was feeling connected and grounded and felt like I knew people and people knew me and it changed the game. It completely changed the game. So. Um, I hope that's helpful. Uh, I think truly the next Common Ground is on the 30th and you should totally go. I think it's the commonground.nyc, but if you search in Facebook, the group should pop right up and the website is right there. Um, looks like I got another question, so I'm gonna check in there. Oh, good. I'm so glad that was good advice, Liz. That's so good. Um, okay, so this says, Kate, hi, I'm currently feeling the struggle of the hustle. Ooh, girl, we all feel in the struggle of the hustle. 
the struggle, the hustle is real and it never goes away, but I'm with you, I'm with you, okay. Um, I'm working four freelance jobs and doing an eight show week, so I'm getting a bit bogged down and losing some of the joy. In combination with the state of our country, some days it's tough to pull myself up by the bootstraps. What are your favorite things to do or watch or participate in when you're feeling a little uninspired or lost? Thank you for taking this time as always. Um, well, you're welcome as always. It is a true joy and a pleasure to um, get to do this with you guys. Yeah, girl, I feel you. The hustle is uh, a lot and I also, I have a lot of jobs um, and I don't get, you know, uh, yeah, and the state of this country and the world is is not always the most um, uplifting, to say the least. So some fun things that I like to do to uh, make it better. Uh, I watch reruns of The Office a lot and Parks and Rec a lot. They make me smile and I love them. Um, I have been eating a lot of nachos and I really am grateful for nachos. They're saving my sanity recently. Uh, you know, especially if you make that, that good queso, you know, the bad kind that tastes real good. Um, I try to make sure that I'm seeing as much live theater as I can. I know that's tricky if you have an eight show week, but then I highly recommend getting the Broadway HD subscription so that when you are home on your time off, you can see some live theater that'll inspire you. Um, because live theater is the only thing that reminds me why I like to be in this industry and, and do this work. Um, so I really do recommend getting the Broadway HD stuff, especially if you're doing an eight show week because it's really hard to see anybody else's art when you're making your own. Uh, so cuddle up in your bed when you get home after you take a hot shower and watch a show, watch something that's happening in London that you wouldn't get a chance to see anyways. That's always fun. Um, I always have fresh flowers around as best as I can. That always makes me happy. Um, I know that's that's definitely a luxury that not everybody uh, can have, but I try. I, I can go get the cheap ones, and it still makes me real happy. I can appreciate a carnation very, very, very much. Um, those are just some some silly things. Uh, but I'm going to get back to some more industry advice. But also, I always find that taking a good hot shower and drinking a really good cup of coffee make pretty much everything better. Pretty much. Pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, all right. Looks like I have another question here. Oh, thank you for this. Just went to the New Joy Connors musical at MTF. Hey, I cast that. Awesome. I hope you liked it. Um, Great! So you've seen the artist co-op then, and you've experienced the MTF family, so there are all the things. All my advice and one thing, you've already done it. Well, way to go. You've done it. You're amazing. Um, okay, so I don't have any more questions here, but I do have some questions that people asked me beforehand. So if you have additional questions, feel free to put them in. I'm only going to keep talking until, um, until you guys have had your fill. So I'm going to answer these questions, and if you have any more after that, we're going to keep going. If not, it's been a fabulous Monday. Um, okay, so this question is, after a show closes on Broadway, how long is it appropriate to wait until you can use something from that show in your book? Does that answer change if the show is going on tour or not? Okay, I get a question like this all the time, pretty much in every class that I um, go to or, or workshop that I work on. Here's my thing about singing material from shows that are currently on Broadway or on tour or have recently been on Broadway. Um, a lot of people uh, will hear that stuff and really like it and want to sing it. And listen, you can sing whatever you want as long as you think you do something different with it and that you do it well. I mean, the reality is I hear a lot of the same music 
all the time. But there are still people that book shows, book work with me, and book work with other people um, doing the same material as other people. I literally had an audition the other day where two women sang the same song back to back, both wearing striped shirts, and they could not have been more different performances. And it was a song that I've heard a lot. But both were really beautiful because they did it completely in a style and a way that was their own experience. Um, and even down to the, the striped shirts looked different and were, were exactly who they were and, and fit them. So if there's music from a show on Broadway that you really want to sing, um, you know, if it is something that is truly, truly, truly over the top, overdone, um, like to the point of, of trite, if it is in a show that has been running for 15 years and it's almost like a joke if you sang in an audition, don't do it. Um, but if it's a show that you feel really resonates with you, you feel is something that you, is a world that you can completely live in, a character that you could completely live in, and that you don't do it just like the original Broadway cast recording. I cannot state this enough. If you are going into something and you sing something with the exact same inflections as the original Broadway cast recording, which if we remember, that was one day, that was one day in the life of that performer and the life of that performance. You haven't done your job if you are singing it just like the cast recording. And this is kind of the thing that I always, um, the example I always give when I'm talking about this. There are a bajillion bootlegs on the internet of Elphaba's doing, ah, right? Like a bajillion of them doing it different ways and exploring that song in different ways and telling that story vocally differently because of who they are as singers and artists. And yet, we have one original Broadway cast recording, which is glorious of that show. But if you are singing exactly with the same breaths and the same intonations and the same things, we know everyone in that room is a, as big a musical theater nerd as you are. We know. We listen to these recordings. It's, it's literally on repeat. The only things that I listen to are original Broadway cast albums and the music of Thomas Newman and Rachel Portman. Like literally guys, that's it though. So if you are singing something and you feel like the, the, you know, the phrasing and the breath and the sound and the riffs and everything sounds familiar and it's because you're doing the recording, then either A, you need to find new music, something that you don't know that you get to explore yourself and create yourself, or you need to really rework the song that you're working on. You really need to find your voice and your version. And I'm not telling you you need to come in and like, sing bandstand in a riftastic way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not telling you to fundamentally change what it is. I'm saying, what is your experience of this song? What is your experience of this work? That is what you should be wanting to do in the room, let alone that is exactly what we want to see. We don't want to listen to the, you know, exact kind of, ah, we, we don't want that because we want to know what you bring to the space. So um, that's my one thing. If you're going to sing music that we've been hearing a lot recently, as in something that is on Broadway, on tour, recently on Broadway, you really better bring your own special thing to it. Um, however, y'all know I've talked about this before. I am a sucker for Let's Hear It for the Boy, right? Like that song, mm, she gets me every time. It could be the 
you know, from the worst, worst, worst rendition of it to the like full out Stacey Francis giving you all the whistle tone riffs. It doesn't matter, that song that bah, 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 gets me every time, right? That's not the same for every, every person, that's just me. But it's a song that lots of people do, lots of people have done it. Um, the people who stand out the most are the people who come in and do it from a really like truthful themselves version of that, that song. Um, you, there is no right or wrong waiting period. There is no, um, like you have to wait six months and then you're allowed to put it in your book. Uh, that doesn't exist, but I only recommend you sing music that really comes, that speaks the same language you speak, that comes from the same like physical vernacular that you have, that makes you feel like you get to tell the story that you know how to tell and want to tell and, and can tell. Um, and if you see that in a Broadway show and you think, oh my God, that's it, then do it. But just know we have something really, really, really current to compare it to. And so you better do something real special with it and make it real personal and really your own. Um, so that is how I feel about that. Uh, let me know if you have any questions or any thoughts about that, any specifics. That would be awesome. I'm here to answer them. Um, this also says, um, oh, where did that go? Uh, if you're doing a piece that in the show is a performance piece at a mic, so this is in an, audi an audition. If you're doing a show that, it, or doing a piece that in the show is a performance piece at a mic, like in a club or a part of, of, of a band performing, um, how do you approach it as an audition song? Like keep it as a performance piece or just use the bones lyrics of that song and treat it as a regular MT song? Well, I mean, that's also very specific, right? Because there are different, um, there are different songs. Sometimes if you're singing it with a band in a show, you're actually singing it definitely about a person who's on stage and you're really telling the story about what's not being said, but you're saying it through the song and you're singing it into a mic, even though it's definitely about the person at the piano. And we all know it's about the person at the piano and the guy at the piano knows that it's about the person at the piano, but none of us are actually talking about our feelings, right? There's a thousand things going on in that moment that aren't actually about singing it at the microphone. Um, so I say we can always use those kind of truths of the reality of the show in that way. But if it's just like a good old fashioned, like I'm a singer singing my croony tune, um, you're allowed to be a singer singing a croony tune. Uh, you have a piano in the space. You have the whole room. Uh, you get to create the circumstance of the space that you're in. So, you know, I am all for putting your hand on the piano and being a crooner crooner who, who is singing the, singing the tune. Um, if it is a song that has lyrics that allow you to kind of create the story of the world in the space, you can for sure do that too. Um, but that really depends on the song that you're trying to sing and, and the audition that you're going in for. And, you know, if it's, if it's an audition where you feel like you just need to go sing the crap out of something, um, and you have one of those kind of crooner tune at the, at the microphone, go in and, and do what you think you need to do. Um, but again, that's, it's, it's a little specific. Uh, so if you have a follow up as with a specific song or something like that, please feel free to let me know. However, you are in control of that space. And there are certain things, I like to say this, there are certain things that you always know will be in an audition room. Uh, there will be another person. Uh, there, so there will be a physical energy. I would never say use that person, but just know there will be people in the space who are there to take in what you are giving them. There will be a piano if it's a musical theater audition, unless you're bringing your own instrument, in which case 
you will also have an instrument um, or a track like there will be music to use um, there will always be a door you'll always have to walk through a door so there's that there will always be walls there will always be a floor there are things that will always be there that you are allowed to use to continue to tell the story so and nine times out of ten there's gonna be a piano there so feel free to if you're singing a crooner song that you would usually have a microphone for on stage you can use the piano as if it was kind of the base for where that crooner might be singing ah Okay, maybe that's, maybe that's up. Okay, my sister lived in Italy for a long time and she's got me saying, okay, it's, it's a lot. I said it last time too. Oi, oi with the okay. All right, um, I have one more question here. Let's get to it. Unless somebody else has another question, uh, feel free to put it in the comments. Okay, so this one says, where to go? Um, how do you feel about singing songs that were originally done by the opposite gender, but vocally it shows off your range? Yes, no, maybe. Now, I'm going to be honest about this. There are some people, there are some people in casting and people who are creative team members who might be in the room who really don't like it. Um, who really like don't understand why you feel the need to sing a song that maybe wasn't specifically written for your voice. However, we live in a world and a, and a time where if a, for me, for my money, if a story is something that resonates with you and you feel like you can sing something beautifully, um, then you have every right to do it. However, I would be able to answer the question if someone after that says, why did you pick that song? Um, wasn't that song traditionally written for someone else or whatever that means? I would definitely have an answer as to why that song speaks to you, as to um, why why that song instead of something else, right? A, you should have that answer anyways. Why are you choosing the material that you're doing um, is, is important to know, <laughs> just in general. Like, why does this music speak to me? Why is this a story I feel like I should be telling? Why does it relate to the work we're doing in this room for the show that we're trying to, to work on? You should definitely, definitely have that knowledge but you should be prepared to answer that question because I do think there are some people who who don't get it or who don't want that um, and there are some times where people have saying things that are uh, that I wouldn't expect and that's kind of what I spend my time thinking about while they're singing is why this song why are they singing this thing what did they think this was going to do better than something else and so I also ask that question is it worth it for you to, if you're not gonna do something crazy different with it, if you're not gonna do something super cool, and I have seen super cool things. My job is the best job on the planet. I literally get to sit and watch people make cool music and art all day, every day. I get to watch humanity make choices. That is literally my job. I get to watch humanity make choices, which is just a really big blessing. Um, but if you're not going to be a human who makes a choice with the music, then sometimes I might sit and wonder like, why? Why did they choose this song instead of something else? Um, maybe something else would have shown something better. So I would just be prepared. Um, however, you know, there are, I'm just, there are no rules anymore. It's, it's kind of the wild, wild west, y'all. So if, um, you know, if there's a, especially, especially in pop, rock I would say I mean sometimes in the musical theater canon there are songs that feel very specifically written for a specific character and a specific person um, but even that uh, is kind of uh, shifting but in pop rock man if it's your jam it's your jam sing it 
do it, but know why you're doing it is kind of how I feel about that. Um, and also learn, you'll learn people's preferences and people's kind of ideas and stuff. And either you might be someone who wants to cater to that, or you might be someone who's like, fuck it. I'm going to do my thing and they're either going to get it or they're not going to get it, but I'm definitely going to do my thing no matter what. I'm going to be me. And I applaud either versions of those humans as long as you know which one you are and you really stick to it. That's, that's how I feel about that. Um, okay, so I think those are all the questions that I have. It's been about 45 minutes, so I 